This is the Love and Sex Unfiltered Podcast. Hosted by licensed marriage and family therapist and certified Gottman Method couples therapist, Sonia Jensen. Let's dive into the unfiltered side of what it takes to create communication, intimacy, and chemistry, not just in relationships with a partner, but the relationship you have with you. Here's your host, Sonia Jensen. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Love and Sex Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Jensen, and I thought I would take this time to speak to you guys by myself because I've always had people on here and I get a lot of questions like, why did you go into couples counseling and specifically why do sex therapy route and all of that? And it's interesting because those questions are often really hard to answer. I think I had this idea that love was amazing and romantic and it could always stay that way. I think I I grew up being a hopeless romantic. My favorite movie was the 1990s rendition of Sabrina with Harrison Ford and Julia Ormond. And I thought, man, I'm going to find this rich man and he's going to whisk me off to Paris. And that's how, that's how love is. And so I became almost, uh, I think addicted is a strong word, but I just thought that life was a fairy tale or a rom-com. And, and I, I grew up with a family that was very religious and whatever we did involved the church. I mean, if we had family outings or were doing something for fun or were celebrating Halloween, which I was never really allowed to celebrate, I actually had to go to harvest festivals. And one year I dressed up as a Bible, no joke. I literally wore a box painted black with the words B-I-B-L-E on it. And I mean, we did everything. And I just always thought that I would, I was blindly kind of going with whatever I was kind of taught that I had to do or what life was like. And I never really challenged it. And I was naturally geared towards the things or the people that others discarded If somebody felt like a challenge was too hard or a person was too weird, I was always like, I want to take on that challenge or I want to be friends with that person. And when I met my husband when I was 16, (laughs) that was an interesting story. If any of you lived or grew up in the Midwest, I was working at a place called The Buckle where I sold Lucky Brand jeans and I loved it. I mean, I'm really big into fashion and clothes. And my tiny little Christian high school in Decatur, Illinois had uh, really downsized. And so I went to homeschooling and I would homeschool in the afternoons and I would work at the buckle. And, And my husband was about four years older than me. He was already in the Navy and he walked in to the buckle one day and and that's and that's how we met and we had i think two dates and then we got engaged <laughs> now that was over the course of two months because he was in san diego and i was in decatur illinois and he would write me love letters which i still have and <laughs> finished high school and i had these dreams of going to illinois wesleyan university and i was going to study international business and i was going to go live overseas and i had this these crazy dreams. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I wanted to be in business. And so 
when I met my husband, I was, it was the same weekend I was going to Illinois Wesleyan for a weekend away to like stay on the campus and figure out, you know, what dorm life was like. And so I got back from that weekend and I, I started getting these love letters. And instead of pursuing my college degree, I pursued a relationship with my husband. And um, we got married two years later when I turned 18. And as soon as we got married, I mean, the thing to do was get pregnant because when you're in the military, that's, that's just what you do. Everybody, everybody was getting pregnant. And so I had this idea in my head that Eric and I were going to be like this amazing married couple and nothing bad was ever going to happen to us. And we could withstand anything, that kind of rom-com life. And why not throw a baby into the mix when I'm 18 years old? Because, you know, that's smart. And I I put all my dreams on the back burner. I made my dreams about my family and I made my dreams about my relationship. And I, like I've said in the podcast that I filmed with my husband, I expected Eric to be everything for me. And, and I expected him to go to church and be the leader of our house. And, you know, he had to be everything that I wanted him to be, everything that I needed him to be. And, And I often resented him, especially after I had my son, I had really bad postpartum depression. And I even saw a counselor at that time. And that counselor was like, it's okay that you want to drive off the side of the road, which is not. (laughs) And, you know, it's just, I was a mess as this 19 year old with a baby. And at this point, and my husband was in the military and he was now overseas at Operation Enduring Freedom or Operation Iraqi Freedom, something like that. And I I was resentful. I'm like, what had I done to my life at this point? It didn't feel like it didn't feel like I had made the right choices, but I, there was no way out of them at that point. And so instead of I didn't get I went to a counselor, but I didn't get the right help. I got bad help and I didn't really have my parents that I could talk to because I was just feeling claustrophobic. I was feeling trapped, like I had made all these bad choices and there was nothing I could do about it. And I started pulling away from my husband in a really, in a really big way. I made everything his fault. Everything was his fault in my book. And I couldn't look at myself. I didn't know how. All I knew was what I wanted. And I wanted freedom. I wanted to go back and make all my choices over again. Because I thought, how did I get here? I'm such a different person today. It's weird to talk about who I was then. But We went through a lot in those first three years where we had to decide to stay together and it was a train wreck and nobody knew how to help me. There was no education, uh, good education at at that point. And now we'd seen a marriage counselor and that was voodoo, weird magic where he tried to do like finger testing and stuff like that. I don't even know what it is as a therapist now, what he was trying to do, but that was one session long. So we just kind of had to figure it out. and. I ended up finishing my college degree, my bachelor's degree uh, online. Well, I stayed at home with our son and my husband worked full time. And I went back and ended up getting a job as the director of allergy and nutrition for an integrative medicine clinic. And it felt for the first time like I was building something for myself, like I could really sink into something. It could be it could be just mine. Of course, everybody knows who's worked with other people that women, especially female relationships in the workplace can sometimes be great and they can sometimes be awful. And, you know, so there was a lot of being held back and 
you know, I knew I wasn't going to grow there, but I learned a lot while I was there. And I really, you know, that I've taken with me now about stress and about our bodies and things like that. But while I was doing this type of allergy testing, because I would spend eight hours a day in a room with one, maybe two people giving them injections every 10 minutes. And we would develop all these conversations about our relationships and about food and God, I met so many amazing people in that room. And it really made me see that what I always wanted to do was be a counselor. I always wanted to listen to people. I always wanted to reach out to the people that didn't have anybody. I always just was interested in stories. I was, I always call myself a collector of stories. Um, And I still feel like that today as a counselor, I feel really blessed to be a collector of stories. But I knew it was at that time that people's relationships with themselves directly related to, you know, how they took care of themselves and the relationship they have with themselves then impacted the relationship they have with their partners. And I just knew sitting in that room, listening to those stories that it was, it was time for me to go. It was time for me to go to grad school. And I met, oh my God, the most amazing people in grad school. I studied at Azusa Pacific in San Diego. And these women, they just, from all walks of life, we were so different in our stories, but it was, it was truly an incredible experience. And I remember uh, out of our class of, I don't know, like 20, uh, the professor on the first day said, you know, who wants to work with couples? (laughs) And I was the only one that raised my hand. Everybody else wanted to work with kids or, or individuals. And I guess that goes back to my original part of my story is that if if somebody doesn't want to do something, then it makes me super curious. And of course, I want to do it. And I just knew for whatever reason that couples was was going to be the most challenging aspect of a marriage and family therapist career. And and if many of you have ever tried to find a marriage counselor, you can tell it's there's not very many of us that heavily specialize in couples work. And, And most of the time, I'm the third or fourth couples counselor couples have ever reached out to and and they've had typically not so great experiences. Now, I hope that's not the case for everybody. I hope you've all found a really good couples counselor if you've ever needed it. But there's just very few of us really trained and well versed in it and willing to do the work because couples work is is really hard. And it's, um, it takes a lot of patience and a lot of education to do it well. And you know, as I was going through grad school, my husband and I were, you know, trying to figure our way out at this point. Our son was five when I started grad school, four or five. And, you know, I was learning so much about myself. And for the first time in my life, I was challenging all the things that I had ever known and trying to figure out who I was and the experiences that shaped me and why I did what I did and why I continue to do what I do. And, you know, through it all, I have found that life is extremely messy and all of us are trying to figure it out. But how do you figure it out if you don't have a roadmap? You don't have people who have walked through it and can tell you what to expect on the other side, or at least give you hope that something could be better. I mean, without a roadmap, you don't know where you're going and you're lost. And the time, I, knowing I wanted to work with couples, I was heavily influenced to take on the model of emotionally focused therapy, which I love. It's attachment theory. And the idea that all of us figure out early on in our lives what to expect in relationships, right? Like this secure attachment and that 
you know, we knew our needs were important to our caregivers. We knew that we had feelings, we could talk about them. And for the most part, it was okay to be human. And then there's this idea of anxious attachment that love is always earned. And I think in deeply religious households, you'll see a lot of anxious attachment, right? Like, I have to be a certain person. I have to act a certain way. I have to live up to all these standards. And it's not about what I want, but it's about like what will help me feel loved and be included. And then there's the idea of avoidant attachment where we realize that our needs are not important and that if we want to get anything done, we have to do it ourselves. And we don't like people being needy and we don't like feeling needy. And, you know, and and so all of that plays out in our romantic relationships. All the things that we didn't get or that we did get is what we expect to either get or not get in a relationship. And and I love that about emotionally focused therapy. It's learning to dig deeper into your attachment background, learn how you kind of developed in this world around needs. And But I also found that it was very nuanced. Like if the therapist hadn't done enough of their own work, or they were trying to figure out what what made up a healthy relationship, it was it was really hard to communicate what a healthy relationship is other than a secure attachment. But sometimes like the roadmap to a secure attachment is scary. It's very unknown. You're just supposed to hope that you can trust someone. And then as all humans do, they let you down. And how do you repair that trust? And how do you keep going and building it and risking your yourself to be loved and to love? And so I really knew at that time that I needed something more concrete. I needed to give answers. I needed to know what a healthy relationship was because here I was fresh out of grad school and I have already been married at that point for six-ish years, seven years at that point. And we still weren't totally figuring it out. And so I knew that I wanted to go the, the route of the Gottman method because I felt it was simple and it was straightforward and it made sense. I felt like I could take the model and I could teach it to myself. I could teach it to couples. And when everything feels messy and scary and chaotic and you don't know where to go, you need a roadmap. You can't just sit in the mess. It's it's too scary. And this whole time, I mean, at the time of filming this, my husband and I have been together 18 years and married 16 years. I know, do math. It's a long time. And our son is. God, our son turns 15 in the next couple of weeks. But it took me a long time. It took me till my 30s to really start to figure out that I had to get my shit together. I had to, I had to take what I was learning and I had to wrestle with it and I had to work through it. And then, of course, in all of this, like in previous podcasts, you know, that I filmed with my husband, we talked about going through burnout. And I always thought that. I would work for somebody else and they would show me what to do and it would be a great collaborative environment. I mean, if you would have asked me four years ago, if I ever would have gone out on my own and started my own private practice, I would have thought you were insane. And so I started with this other practice and I realized very early on that I was not good at working for other people. I just wanted to be, I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to take something and I wanted to run with it and I wanted to make it special. And I wanted my voice to matter. I wanted to matter. I wanted to leave a legacy. I wanted other people to see that they could do it too. And 
So I started making videos on Facebook, sharing my stories and pondering life's big questions and in a lot of ways tested my faith and started to reevaluate what I believed and what I wanted to do. And I had this opportunity to join a a global coaching company. I knew nothing about global coaching and and whatnot and gave me the courage to leave the group practice I was in and start my own private practice and doing coaching on the side with as a contractor for this other company. And I got to meet people that I still work with from all over the world. And and it was such an incredible experience. Um, And in the midst of this, finally felt empowered because for so long, I even found a journal that I wrote in like six years ago when I was pregnant with my daughter, how I thought I would never, I'd never be able to make it on my own and that I was always going to be making less money than my husband. And Oh, and then I'm watching my husband currently in front of me four years ago fall apart. And so I was starting to build a name for myself as a couples counselor. And I just, I feel really fortunate because I've had to take a lot of risks to get here. And so as I'm going through, you know, building my business on my own, kind of figuring it out from scratch, I had no template. I mean, I started it with like 200 bucks and some online Facebook videos and working for like $50 a session or something like that. And I started doing, I did the Gottman level one and two and three training all within three months and finished the the certification process in a total of nine months. So I guess that's my long way of saying that, you know, you figure it out along the way, the, the way you sculpt and you develop your life and your relationships, the keeping on pressing forward and the knowing somewhat where you want to go, but not knowing really how to get there, but taking steps and, and hoping and taking risks, I think is really important. You know, and after I got the Gottman certification, I, I wanted to, I saw that there was a huge gap in helping couples and women, especially like talk about their sexuality and talk about the intimate relationships. And I realized that romance is ever evolving and shifting. And, you know, the main thing that women will tell me when they come in my office is that, you know, I want this emotional connection. I want to feel like I matter and I'm desired. And I, I just feel like I'm supposed to have sex, but I don't want to. And I don't really see myself as a sexual person. I've changed after having kids and just, I wanted to give voice to that. I wanted to, one thing as a newbie, a couples counselor, which there are not very many of us out there that are really well-versed in it and well-trained. But on the other hand too, most of us don't even get training in sex therapy. I remember I had one sex therapy class and the goal of it was to say like penis and vagina and like get comfortable with it. And most of my classmates struggled even with that. Not all of them, but a, a vast majority of them. And I had a lot of skills that were lacking in terms of how to, how do you help couples talk about these very necessary, very scary, very big, very overwhelming topics in a way that helps them make progress instead of just airing all this dirty laundry and being angry about it. And And so that's when I finally decided to pursue the sex therapy certification through the Sexual Health Alliance and hopefully finishing up soon with, you know, the American Academy of Sexuality Educators, Counselors and Therapists. That's the the gold standard one. But all that to say, I became a couples counselor and a sex therapist through evolution. I knew I wanted to help people. I knew 
that I didn't have all the tools growing up, that I didn't have the resources. And there was big gaps that caused me and my partner a ton of pain. And I was always very sexually repressed. I had no idea. I I remember thinking that I'll always have sex with the lights off and with full makeup on because that's just what you do, right? Like sex is always about your partner. It wasn't about you. And at least I was taught that don't listen to your body, like shut it off until you're married. And like that doesn't that doesn't change as soon as you sign a piece of paper and make a commitment to somebody. All those thoughts that you've ever had about your body's impulses and how you you feel things and how you want things and you're always told those are wrong, you don't just naturally change that overnight. And I think so many couples struggle with talking about sex. They struggle making any progress in it or allowing themselves to be vulnerable with each other. So I wanted to give people, women, men, a voice. I wanted to give healthy education around what relationships look like, what sex is supposed to be like, and dispel some of the myths and all the things we're always taught and fear to question. And I wanted this podcast as I've evolved and my business has grown over the last three and a half years, four years at this point. I wanted to give easy, accessible information to people. I want you to know that you're not alone and that marriage and relationships are messy and they're complicated and sex is not everything, but it is important. And we're always looking for something. And if we don't look for it within ourselves, if we don't learn to ask ourselves the hard questions, if we shy away from the hard questions because we think that there's some black and white answer uh, that we're supposed to find and we're just not getting it, we'll never get anywhere. You know, life is one big gray area. It's a big question mark. And we want to try to conform to everything and control it and know what's ahead. But I do feel like we need to have knowledge. I do feel like we need to have a platform to grow on. We need some sort of foundation, but we also need to let ourselves evolve and we need to have a healthy space that where we can ask the hard questions and wrestle with them and figure them out for ourselves, make mistakes and get back up again. So this was my long-winded way of telling you that the universe and God has led me in this direction. I never would have seen myself in this position specifically five, even 10 years ago. But I'm so glad I'm here and I'm glad that I took risks not knowing what it would be like. And I hope, I hope that you know you're not alone. And I hope that you know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that in the messiness, having a safe person to talk through things with is extremely important. And I also think that if you want emotional connection with your partner, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. You can't ask somebody to come all the way, but yet you're not willing to move an inch. You have to be willing to put yourself out there and to share the hard things and to examine the stories you've always told yourself about yourself, about sex, about your partner that keep you locked in behavior patterns that you can't seem to undo, you can't seem to get out of. There is hope. You do deserve help. You do deserve that safe place. And I hope that this is one of them. And I look forward to being on this journey with you. But if this is impactful, if you're enjoying this podcast or you have questions, please, please, please 
rate us on your Apple Podcasts app and and share a review for us, but also follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, the Sonia Jensen. I really want to connect with you. I want to hear your questions. Uh, You guys have no idea how much I love hearing from you and wanting to know what you would like to hear about, what questions you want answered on this. So please know you can keep in touch and we really want your feedback. I look forward to connecting with all of you. There you have it. If this episode hit home for you, take a second to share it with a friend, screenshot it and share it on Instagram or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to learn more tips and stay connected with Sonia, follow her on Instagram at the Sonia Jensen. And if you want to find more information, you can check out her website at www.soniajensen.com. Until next time, remember, stay real, stay unfiltered and dig deep.